Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Where was Paul George? But rumor has it, Deion Sanders is going to become the next head coach of Jackson State. The cachet of the swag continues to grow. This is a better matchup for the Lakers than the Clippers were for the Lakers. There's so much hype around the Cowboys, and this is going to be their year. Bill O'Brien and his coaching staff, and Weaver, and they're sitting there saying, oh my God. The Ravens are rolling, and nothing is going to stop them here in Houston. Look for the Raiders over the Saints in their Vegas home opener. I have a great recipe. If you have five ingredients and about 15 minutes, you can make this delicious vegetarian chili. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, and once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. You know, ladies and gentlemen, star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you have joined us for another ride. It's going to be a fun one. We have a number of our features, and I'm going to give you a rundown of the entire show. But first and foremost, again, welcome. And I want to remind you guys of a couple of things. You can go to the WadeWordProductions.com website. That's W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S website. And you can join me and subscribe to the email list. Go to WaysWordProductions.com and uh, look around, peruse past episodes, listen to the past episodes, see other things that are on that website. You can check that out. Also, on the sports line, we have a 24-hour sports line that you can call 832-941-6614 and say anything and everything. Leave a message and we will uh, listen to it and maybe you'll be a part of the next podcast. In addition to that, on social media, on Twitter at WadesWord. On Instagram, dwade909, and on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. So, all of those ways uh, you can be interactive, and we want to build that community. We want to, uh, we want all of you guys to interact, not just on. Uh, podcast release days but every day if you have something to say we want to hear it and we want to include you and make you a part of the podcast now this time out we have some fun stuff we have some headlines in addition to that we have not only uh who, the guys who were nice this past weekend but the guys who were de-nice in addition to that we will have a conversation with eddie robinson e-rob 50. Eddie Robinson to talk some NFL and some swag football this time out. We have a segment called Still Call the Blues. For all of the teams and players that didn't do well, this is an opportunity to acknowledge and call them out. We have Alamon Award. And before I let go, can't forget about our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix. And we'll hear a word from our sponsor, Cobank Homes. All that and a little bit more on this edition. But with that, it's time for some headlines. 
In headlines, there's so many things going on that I'm going to choose a few of these things to talk about and to focus on. Now, we talked about this Thursday. It was a rumor then, but now it's confirmed. Deion Sanders is the next head coach of Jackson State University, although his coaching staff is has been blown way out of proportion, exaggerated, and unconfirmed, and actually denied vehemently by Deion Sanders. But he's the next coach. And while it's extremely exciting, I watched him on Good Morning America this morning. Look, he coordinated. He had JSU blue on. He had the band bring him in. He had his girlfriend or wife. I don't think they're married. Tracy Edmonds with him in all her Hollywood glamour. He was looking clean. He had, I mean, he was he decked out. He was coordinated because the lining of his jacket had JSU on it. So much pomp and circumstance. So much excitement around the Jackson State program at the university. So much excitement around the swag. I just hope, and again, I'm not a, a naysayer or a speaker of doom and gloom, but I hope he understands this is a tall task because the swag, he's going to have to bring it. And yeah, he may have some, some advantages with his name and the high profile stuff, but when it comes down to it, if you're not winning games, it can get away from you quick. We've had some great coaches in this conference. Doug Williams, Pete Richardson, the great, the legendary Eddie Robinson, and, and not just those. Even Carson at his school at Jackson State. I mean, all over the SWAC, you've had great, great coaches. There's a history there. And so your name alone is not going to get it. You're going to have to get some folks around you that know how to recruit for the SWAC, that know how to get these guys. And maybe this is the time to do it. With all of the outpouring of support and the fight for racial justice and against police brutality, these young men are, are waking up and they're looking at things through a different lens. And he may be able to capitalize. Dion and Jackson State may be able to capitalize on that. But I can tell you what, it's going to get real. Once they blow that whistle and things get serious, it's going to get real. And you just wonder, is he really in it for the long haul? If he is, it's a great, great thing. I think he's a tremendous football mind. He was a, a really intelligent player. He's a super smart guy. He's a, a class A brilliant marketer, and that can help the entire swag. But I'm telling you, I just want him to be committed long term. I'm interested to see what those conversations were like. He, see if we can find out what those conversations were like to, uh, to sort of gauge his commitment. He said God called him to Jackson State. Let's hope that that is the case uh, as, as it pertains to his commitment to that program uh, because that's what we need in the swag, those kinds of high-profile people to come in and be committed to the conference. If he is, kudos, and I'll be rooting for him on a lot of Saturdays except against us but he's in the east and us meaning texas southern uh he's in the east so we don't have to worry about him a whole lot we have to see how they rotate the schedule with the conference being a super conference now also in the nfl man it was bloody sunday man so many high profile names either were severely injured injured uh significantly or done for the season the biggest is saquon barkley and he is done for the year, torn ACL. Nick Bosa, San Francisco, he's done for the year, ACL. In San Francisco, just a, a horrific little run of injuries there. Nick Bosa hurt. George Kittle hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo hurt. Raheem uh, Mostat uh, is hurt. Uh, Solomon Thomas hurt. All of these guys banged up. A couple injuries for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Bruce Irvin out for the year, torn ACL. 
Quarterback Drew Locke is out for four or five weeks in Denver. Christian McCaffrey will miss significant time. Just a really bad Sunday of major injuries in the NFL. And that goes back to the discussion of, is this a situation where preseason would have helped these guys get into football shape? I don't know. Is that a fair thing to say? We'll ask our our guys over the next couple of weeks. We'll ask our football experts, guys who actually played in the league, to see what their take is on these injuries so that's going on on the field i'm telling you the best quarterback in the nfl right now is russell wilson russell wilson has 11 incompletions and oh no he has 11 incompletions or or no 10 incompletions and nine touchdowns on the season so he has one more incompletion than he has touchdown passes Incomplete, not interceptions, incompletions. So, man, this guy is amazing. What he's doing is amazing. They have balance. He threw five touchdowns to five different receivers. I think right now that's the hottest team in football, although there are other teams that are playing well. It's exciting what they're doing in Arizona. They're off to a uh, 2-0 start. I think it's really you have uh, a lot of reason to be excited about the New England Patriots. They had a chance on the last play of the game to win it in Seattle on the road with the second in the second game that Cam Newton is playing with Bill Belichick. So uh, they've had uh, they had a lot of success in that game. They're going to have some success. That was exciting. The Buffalo Bills are a great team to watch. I think on the other hand, and we'll get to these a little bit more. On the other hand, the Texans are struggling. The entire really NFC East is just horrific, and that's the Dallas win withstanding so there's a lot going on in the nfl and we can get into any of that you give me a call and and pittsburgh steelers by the way i'm gonna give you the number to give me a call but the pittsburgh steelers are playing well they host the texans this week ben roethlisberger is looking well that team is looking good that team almost went to the playoffs without big ben last year Tell you, man, they're looking good if they can stay healthy connor again he's he's tricky I thought he was going to be out. I took Benny Snell on fantasy, and it cost me some money, but that's a different story. But Connor, who went out the previous game, he has to be able to stay healthy. If he can, and look, they're finding new receivers exploding onto the scene. Claypool. So they're doing some things. But if you have a question or comment about any of these, 832-941-6614. Now, this is big news. North Carolina native Michael Jordan, the Michael Jordan, is diving into NASCAR. He's coming home. Uh, Well, I mean, he never left really North Carolina in some respects, but he's, I mean, look, NASCAR is a North Carolina sport and jumping in with both feet with Denny Hamlin is Michael Jordan with a new team coming to NASCAR next year. And guess who's going to be their driver? Bubba Wallace. Now, I've heard, I've seen some things on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page. Has Bubba ever won a race? Uh, Yeah, he did win a race. He hadn't won one this year, and he struggled, and he's left the uh, Richard Petty racing team, and now, hey, Jordan is jumping in. And this is the thing I look for. With all of the stuff that Bubba Wallace stood up for and went through early in this NASCAR season, I was hoping that you would have some high-profile African-American step up to really, if not, I didn't think that they would start a team, but I thought that they would fund him and pour money into whatever team he was driving for. 
it's worked out in a major way, and you have to be excited about that. Let's just hope that uh, Bubba Wallace's team is better than the Bobcats, which is being run by and owned by Michael Jordan. So that's going on. And then the NBA, man, heartbreaker for the Denver Nuggets. And I guess not if you're a Laker fan, but uh, Anthony Davis hits a big shot to win uh, game two of that series. Game three is tonight. We'll have to see what happens in that series. Boston and Miami, look, that's going to go on for a while. It's 2-1, but uh, this is a crucial game for them tomorrow as they have to tie that series up if they're Boston. I can't see them going down 3-1 and being able to to come back. But, hey, crazier things have happened this postseason, so you never know. But in the West, with the Denver Nuggets, they play bad for a lot of stretches in that game. The thing that impresses me the most are the Lakers' perimeter defense. They are really d up, and I, they get a lot of credit for that. LeBron got off to a tremendous start. He scored like 20 points, 20 of their first 40 points or something like that, and then he slowed way down and only got a couple until towards the end. So, I mean, he, he got them off to the kind of start that they needed. I thought the Denver just did not play well. They didn't get a lot of help until Dozier, P.J. Dozier, came in late in that game to help Jokic and Murray, and he really provided a spark. But this guy missed four free throws. In the fourth quarter, Denver missed five free throws. And if, if not for that, again, maybe things would be different, but that's not what happened. They missed the free throws, and I'll tell you, Plumley, Mason Plumley, he called for a switch with Jeremy Grant. No pick was set, so there was no switch necessary, and Davis really got off a, a barely contested three-pointer to win that game with 2.1 seconds left, and, and so it goes, and it may very well be over, but we'll see what kind of fight Denver has left tonight. So with that, I'm going to tell you more about not only who was nice, but who was D nice? That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. If you want to talk about teams who would be nice, you have to start with the Los Angeles Rams. They're exceeding expectations. They had a big week. 37-19 victory versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, you heard me right. The Las Vegas Raiders, still getting used to that, are a big home opener. The inaugural game in Las Vegas, big win versus a playoff-quality team in the New Orleans Saints. Beat them 34-24 on Monday Night Football. The 50th anniversary of Monday Night Football. You want to talk about a team that is doing their thing. A lot of folks have really gotten on the bandwagon. The Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray and company doing big things. And DeAndre Hopkins set the record for the most receptions through two games with a new team. He has 20 receptions. He's balling out and having a big time in Arizona. Now, say what you will about the Houston Texans. The Baltimore Ravens did a tremendous job going on the road to beat a 2019 player team. They keep doing it with their running game, and Lamar Jackson is doing fine. Great defense. 2-0 for those guys. And finally, uh, as it pertains to teams that are D-nice, Seattle, 2-0 on the season. Big win versus the New England Patriots. They spread out the run game. They spread out the pass game. Jamal Adams is a monster, and they are all D-nice. If you want to talk about players that are D-nice, Aaron Jones, 18 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns, and a win versus Detroit. We talked about Russell Wilson, in a 35-30 win, he was 21 of 28 for 288 yards and five touchdowns to five different receivers versus the New England Patriots. Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills was 24 of 35 for 417 yards with four touchdowns. 
in a 31-28 victory over the Miami Dolphins. Now, he had to throw to somebody, and he found Stephon Diggs, eight receptions, 153 yards, and a touchdown. Now, Tyler Higby, he didn't have astronomical numbers unless you count touchdowns. Five catches on the day. Three touchdowns for the tight end for the Los Angeles Rams in a victory. Finally, Darren Waller on Monday Night Football, 12 receptions, 103 yards, one touchdown, and all of those guys were not only nice, they were D-nice. Just a reminder, coming up on the other side, we will hear from the folks who didn't do well, from the folks who still have the blues this Tuesday afternoon. So with that, want to go to a conversation we had with our very own Eddie Robinson, former NFL linebacker, former SWAC linebacker, Alabama State. He played on the team. I think three or four guys on that team went to the NFL, uh, but he has a, a SWAC pedigree and 11 years in the NFL. And He's a part of the special teams unit with us. Here is our conversation with Eddie Robinson. Eddie Robinson on the line. And let me start off quickly because we don't have a lot of time. He's flying to Jackson, Mississippi to interview for the linebacker job at Jackson State. But until that happens, I want to apologize, man. I was trolling you on Instagram about the Tour de France, man. So publicly, I am making an apology for joking about the guy having a 12-speed when everybody else had a 10-speed, and that's why he won the Tour de France. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You know I take that Tour de France real serious, man. But that that was – I mean, you what you want to start with? Dion going to Jackson State, or you want to start with the with the greatest race of all time, the Tour de France? Well, you got – you, you, go you can go hey, – I will say this and you got 30 seconds on the tour de france i went back and 30 I got, seconds come <laughs> yeah. on man it's a 21 day race and you gonna give me 30 seconds look hey, at that's madness hey man i believe in freedom fries and the the tour day new jersey or whatever it is in america <laughs> but, boy you killing me. but you i did let me I, I did go back and i looked i really did i looked at what each jersey means i know that the green jerseys for sprinters the white jerseys for the young person and then the youngest rider yeah you got your cheat sheet out today yeah and then the polka dots is for the mountains right that's for the that's for the uh yeah the, the king of the mountains the okay. guy who gets up the mountains the fastest so we we got that covered and we'll be ready next year <laughs> nah well hey just just the quick recap the quick recap so you had a 21 year old winner the guy turned 22 the day after the tour de france Pogachar, he was the guy that came out everybody knew he was a good rider but he was young didn't have a complete team but on the last day with the time trial the guy was like 57 seconds behind and then just beat everybody just sped. i mean it was the climb was so incredible you even had lance armstrong on one of the little shows he was doing like hey man this guy might have to be tested man. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so his speed was just incredible they have a thing where they do your average power per kilowatt so he was almost like at you know seven kilowatts of power per his weight, per his kilograms of weight. So it was just amazing. But it was a great race, a great end. And so, hey, that's my Tour de France recap. Uh, yeah, they have sounds... the World Championship of Cycling coming up this weekend. So, hey, if you didn't have enough, it's a big race on Sunday, man. You get some more of it. Well, look, let's uh, shift gears as exciting as that is. Uh, to, 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 to Dion going to the SWAC. Obviously, you're from the SWAC, Alabama State, and you've, you've covered the SWAC. 
I mean, your, your son don't go to Swag. He's MEAC now. Oh, well, no, in Big South now, right? Or whatever it is that they went yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Big South. So, but anyway, yeah. so you, you're Swag through and through. You have Swag pedigree. What is your thought on Dion coming to Jackson State? Well, I, I think whenever you can get notoriety to the conferences and to the school, I mean, to the HBCUs and to the conferences is always good. So, I, I, I mean, I think the guy is uh, obviously a great football player. I mean, no – Nobody knows what kind of coach you're going to be until you start coaching. I mean, coaches are judged by wins and losses, so you got to post some wins, you know. So, But ultimately, I think it's good exposure. You, you bring in some freshness on the campus. Uh, you will have the purists who say you know, there's a lot of good HBCU coaches who've been waiting to move up to get their chance. So you, you kind of, you know, jump in the system. But, I mean, I think when you're a Hall of Fame football player, and uh, you, you kind of get those privileges and it's just kind of, Part of it, kind of like the whole Steve Nash, you know, going to Brooklyn. You know, you kind of is a guy that had done it before, so you you assume that he should know how to teach others. Well, he did some some coaching in high school. Here's my only concern, and and I hate to be this guy at this point, but I'm not sure that he truly understands the uh, how much effort is going to take. This is not a the glam, head coaching anywhere is not a glamorous job, but it's not glamorous in the swag either. He's going to have to put in a lot of hard work, and I think initially he may be able to easily recruit some guys, but by and large, he's going to have to get out there on the road and recruit and look at film and really do a lot of things to to really be committed to the program. Do you think he's committed for the next five, ten years? Hey, time will tell. Um, I mean, my problem with, you know, guys who are coming from bigger schools who maybe haven't had a head coaching job, you know, other coaches and uh, and also, you know, players like in this situation is when you make the assumption that, hey, I'm going down a level and I'm going to bring the swag and Jackson State up to the level that I'm at. And not saying that Dion is making that assumption, but I think the players and the coaches and HBCUs, you have a great product. I mean, you look at the number of Hall of Famers and, and guys that have come through there, professional players and guys who are professional in the game of life who went on to do great things. I mean, they've come through the HBCUs, uh, you know, athletically and also from an academic standpoint. So I think Jackson State has a, a – I mean, it's one of the most storied programs in all of college football, not just in black college football. I mean, they have four Hall of Famers. There's a lot of colleges that are a lot bigger than Jackson State that can't say that they've had one Hall of Famer. So to, to say that you have four guys that make it to the National Football League Hall of Fame and numerous guys get drafted in the first round, we go on and on. I mean – you know, Jackson is is the, the, the mecca of black college football. So I think, yeah, he's going to have to commit day in and day out. And, and it's a grind. You know, being a coach is a grind. And it's, and it's not a lot of it's not a lot of praise when you do well, but it's a lot of point point pointing the fingers when you don't do well. So I think, uh, you know, he has to step it up. Uh, I mean, but the guy's been a competitor his whole life. and He's a winner. And so he's apparently bringing some other guys that, that know how to uh, achieve at a high level. So these are guys, to me, that they're on afraid of hard work. And I think, you know, if you go into the coaching ranks, you, you can't be afraid of hard work. You have to get out there and do it. It's a hands-on job. And I'm sure he'll relate to the kids. But like you said, it's a lot of long hours that you can't just pass the buck on. You have to sit there and do it yourself and get yeah. it done the right way. A lot of bus rides as well. I think a couple things make it easy, easier for him. I think when you have Alcorn State come to the West – 
Now, you know, and look, Jackson State is a sleeping giant. I have gone to a game in Memorial Stadium with 55,000 black folks to watch Southern versus Jackson State, number one versus number two in, in black college football. I know the resources that they can tap into and the love that Jackson State folks have. Uh, and But I think, again, it's it's a little bit easier with Alcorn leaving the, the Eastern Division for him to make some progress pretty quick. So we'll have to see what happens with that. want to ask you about the rash of injuries in the NFL. In the NFL, you you had Garoppolo get hurt. You had Saquon Barkley out for the year. Bruce Irvin out for the year. Christian McCaffrey banged up. Nick Bosa out for the year. This just really was bloody Sunday. What do you think of this rash of injuries in the NFL? Is that any reflection on the fact that they did not have a preseason? No, I don't think so. I mean, if you had a lot of soft tissue issues, soft tissue injuries like, you know, pulled hamstrings and things like that, strained calf muscles, I think that's when you start looking at well, maybe the guys running in peak shape. But, I mean, the way the NFL has gone now and even with the colleges and the high schools, I mean, these these players are staying in shape year-round. Everybody has a personal trainer, dietitian, you know, YouTube video, everything. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't I don't think it was a matter of the guys not being in shape or not having a preseason. I think it's just one of those weekends where a lot of uh, big-time players got hurt. I mean, I don't even know if, if they had more players get hurt this weekend than on the usual weekend in the NFL. I think it was just the name players got hurt. And that's unfortunate. Injuries are the most horrible part of football. And it's the thing that you can't control. But next week, it, it, I'm sure it'll balance off over the course of a year. And so I think whenever you have a bunch of, it's, it's been a couple other years, you had a bunch of er, injuries early in the year and everybody like, oh, man, everybody's getting hurt. And by the end of the year, it's the same average of the same number of players that get hurt. I mean, the NFL has gone out of their way to limit the contact and to decrease the number of injuries. But it's, it's a tough physical sport, and injuries is an unfortunate part of the sport. And that's why you get paid a lot of money. couple questions, and I know you got to go. Cam Newton in Seattle, that game, I want to ask you about Cam and what he's been able to do in the first couple of weeks, nearly pulling off a upset victory on the road at Seattle. And then on the other side, Seattle and Russell Wilson, what do you think of those two teams and that matchup? Well, I mean, it was a great game. I mean, I, I would hate to say it could be a Super Bowl preview. I think the Patriots have that type of team when they can get there. I mean, Buffalo is going to make it a little harder. But Cam has done everything Cam needs to do. I mean, you can tell the offense has been catered around him, and I expected nothing less than that from Bill Belichick, who knows how to put players in the position for them to be successful. You know, I'm not going to make you run a Tom Brady offense. I'm going to give you a Cam Newton offense. And some of those goal line plays were just – I mean, they were just spectacular. I mean, he would fake and act like he was going to run and throw it at the last minute, or he would fake like he was going to throw it, then run the quarterback sweep and the quarterback keepers, which I think he, he got tackled on that fourth down play on the quarterback keeper. So I think the versatility that Cam brings to that offense, and him and Edelman just been like they've been playing together for the last 10 years. So I love the type of start that Cam is having. I think the Patriots are still going to be a contender. They'll definitely be a playoff team, maybe even win the division again, but you have a, you know, a hot Josh Allen in Buffalo. So I think it's a great move for Cam 
him to get his career moving back in the direction that he wanted to. Unfortunately, he's with the Patriots because I think everybody's tired of the Patriots. But I think, you know, the Patriots with a Cam Newton is something that we make and get behind and cheer. And, and as far as Russell Wilson, I mean, he's just looking like a, a early season MVP. Maybe him and Colin Murray. I mean, those are the games that you really want to sit down and watch. I mean, the Cardinals and the Seahawks, I think, are going to be the two teams in the same division that get to play twice. That's, you know, you're going to get your money's worth off of those guys. I, I would go pay to see them play two. You know, it's like the veteran quarterback and the young understudy, and uh, both of them have the same type of offense. Maybe Murray can run a little bit more. I mean, but Russell Wilson is just so cerebral. He makes all of the right plays. I don't think he gets enough credit for being an intelligent, savvy quarterback who's always putting his team in a position to make a play. And I think uh, that's something that's, that should be you know, kind of highlighted and talked about more, you know, how smart this guy is and how he can control the offense and manipulate the defense and just is always under control and just is just a super poised at the quarterback position. Final NFL question. The New Orleans Saints lose last night, and I see up and down. I, I knew you was going to finish with that. Man, I got to go, man. Get off my phone. <laughs> I saw a whole bunch of Taysom Hill tweets. <laughs> so what happened to Saints last night, and are you concerned? Hey, man, you know what? I, I love Drew Brees, man. Drew Breezy, I, I, I've i been cheering for him. I remember when we first got him. I, I was at the Super Bowl hollering Drew Breezy, and, and hey, but I think it's, it's not a whole lot of meat left on that phone and I think uh, I, I was screaming for Taysom Hill last year just to be honest and it's not that I'm an anti Drew Brees fan but I know you know that it's, it's like a boxer man you can't stay around a year or two too late you know you don't want to tarnish your legacy personally I think him Tom Brady all those guys need to retire you got you got just a new younger crop of, of veteran I mean young crop of quarterbacks that can throw the ball a, a country mile everybody can move and these guys are so cerebral they've been they've been doing seven on seven since the fifth grade like year-round football so I mean you could tell they're way ahead of where the where these other you know the guys that we call Hall of Famers were in their first and second year. I'm expecting a huge year out of Joe Burrows. And so, I mean, I, I think Drew Brees is right at the end. I mean, can he can he manage the game? Can he can he still win? Yeah, he can. Is he playing at a Pro Bowl level? Yes, he is. But I think at some point uh, whew, after this year, it's going to be tough to, to still say, you know, Drew Brees needs to keep leading that offense. I've, I've been a big Taysom Hill fan. I, I love the guy. I think he's the guy that can take the Saints to that next level. I, I love. I would love to see him play 16 games and see all of the different plays that Sean Payton can come up with a mobile running quarterback. You know, you just got to tell him not to try to run over people because, you know, he can't can't last the whole season. But I think the Saints would be OK. We for some reason, they just haven't been able to start off 2-0. and If that was a game in the first half, I was ready to turn the TV off and go to sleep at half. Right. Like five minutes into the second quarter. My God, this is going to be a blowout. But hey, give Carr credit. I mean, he didn't he didn't make the big plays, but he made enough of his average plays to win the game. <laughs> but I still don't think he's the answer at quarterback for the Raiders. So, <laughs> well, how can folks reach you on social media? Oh, I'm at Erod50 on Instagram and Twitter. Can Denver win a game in that NBA Western Conference Final? Uh, you know what? They may get one in, but I mean, I think it's going to be the what Lakers and Boston. That's what it's looking like. I mean, who would have thunk well, it? Miami, but uh, hey, I, I, I'm definitely I'm I'm anti LeBron at this time. So yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm rooting for who's ever playing against LeBron. I hate to say it, but I'm love the guy off the field, but I'm tired of him winning on the court. <laughs> well, hey man, safe travels, and we look forward to catching up with you soon. All right, appreciate it.
And there you have it for the first half of the show. And you get more than your money's worth here when you tune in. Who would think that you would hear about the Tour de France or some of the other Euro sports that you get here? This is something that is unprecedented. You can't get this anywhere else in the framework of American sports. But this is what we aim to provide for you guys. But with that, time to hear a word from our sponsor, Cobank Homes, and from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. want to remind you you guys a couple of things uh coming up is the lamont award at the end of the show for the big dummy of the episode and someone asked hey what is d nice what is that for me (laughs) if i think you're nice you're d nice you're seriously d nice not just regularly uh not just regular nice you're d nice that's extra nice with that let's take a time i'll come back with more Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Welcome back to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. That is a portion of a mix by our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. Want to remind you guys, if you have music and you'd like it played on our podcast, it does not matter the genre. Whatever you have for us, we will certainly play for you. We'll play a snippet at the halfway point and an extended portion of a mix at the end of the show. Now, just email us, music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. Please try to make it radio edit or family, not family friendly, because this is not a family friendly show, per se. I guess, maybe it is, I don't know. But, you know, not not anything too over the top. So, in the first half of the show, we talked about the winners. Those who were not only just nice, but D-nice. But for every winner, there is a loser. And for those losers, it's still called the Blues. Now, if you want to talk about teams who still have the Blues, let's talk about an entire division. The NFC East. 
Philadelphia, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Washington football team. Collectively, they have two wins on the season, but they really have one and a half if you want to take a half point away from the Dallas Cowboys. Just a struggling division. No one is any good in that division consistently. They are underachieving in Philadelphia. They're banged up, and their season is ruined again for the New York Giants. It's over really before it got started. And the Washington football team, they're a work in progress. Maybe they have hope. But by and large, that entire division still has the blues. The Houston Texans 0-2 on the season. This was a division winner last year. This was a team that supposedly got better with David Johnson, but they missed DeAndre Hopkins. Deshaun Washington is struggling with that team of, of China dolls on the offensive side. The defense hasn't been much better, but the offense has only had four touchdowns in two games, and that's not getting it done. They're 0-2, and they still have the blues. The Minnesota Vikings, you have Dalvin Cook, you have Adam Thielen, you have the high-priced talents of Kirk Cousins, yet you can't put up more than 45 points in two games. Well, 45 points in two games is not horrible, but when you're being outscored 71 to 45, yeah, that's not getting it done. In the ATL Atlanta, the sound that you hear people screaming, jumping off of the Atlanta Falcons bandwagon, and it's unfortunate because they're wasting some great offensive talent and defensively, they're just the dumbest team. You just can't do what they did on Sunday and the Dallas Cowboys. Look, you won, and you can feel good about that, but it took you overcoming all of those turnovers, some dumb coaching decisions, some underachieving on the defensive side of the ball, and the dumbest play ever in the history of onside kicks for you to eke out a one-point victory. You have to still have the Blues. If you want to talk about players with the Blues, Matt Ryan, 723 yards in two games. He has six touchdowns and one interception and zero wins. He has to have the Blues. He's doing his thing. Former MVP doing his thing still has the Blues. Who's not doing his thing on that offense? Julio Jones. Only two receptions for 24 yards but most importantly he dropped a touchdown. He beat the coverage. Russell Gage passing the football in his hands. Laid it out there perfectly for him. He dropped it. The touchdown that they would have subsequently got would have sealed the deal and won that game for him but he's not playing well or he didn't Sunday and he still has the Blues. Tyrod Taylor. Man you have to feel for this guy. A couple years ago he was holding it down for Baker Mayfield, except he got banged up in New Orleans and was replaced for a few plays and never got back in in Cleveland, and then he went to the Los Angeles Chargers, and what happens? He has chest pains and couldn't start Sunday, and Justin Herbert, the high draft pick for the Chargers at quarterback, came in and pushed the Kansas City Chiefs to overtime. He really, really looked good, and I suspect we won't see any more Tyrod Taylor. Carson Wentz on the season, two touchdowns, four interceptions. Just a trash performance by him. They're 0-2. He's struggling. Not a good time for him at all. And finally, Kirk Cousins, 30th in the league in yards, 186 yards per game passing, and he's tied with Carson Wentz for the league high of four interceptions. So collectively, all of those folks, it's still called the Blues. Hey, any way you look at it, it's still called I'm so glad to have that segment back. You know, uh, it makes me feel good to hear little JT. Makes me think of the old man, Johnny Taylor. So, hey, only on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast where you hear a little Southern soul. <laughs> something from <laughs> something from the Malico catalog, so Malico records. But, yeah, that's what we do here. Uh, so we certainly appreciate the music. Hopefully you do as well. But you know what? It's time for the Lamont Awards. 
don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. Whew, have to catch my breath after that one. It was sort of impromptu to go that long. I had been thinking about doing the Carol Burnett thing with the Tarzan call, but yeah, maybe not that long next time. Maybe that was just a little bit too long. Nevertheless, the Lamont Award goes to the player team entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the podcast. Well, this time out, hey, it's pretty simple. And a lot of times you guys can give me suggestions and sometimes it's just so obvious. This is probably the most obvious Lamont Award that we have ever given. And that's saying something because we've had some really big dummies in the past. But anybody can see that this one was coming. It goes to the Atlanta Falcons special teams unit, specifically Jaden Graham, Hayden Hurst, Olamide Zacharis, and a couple of other Atlanta Falcons who were on that special teams hands unit. So how it works is the Dallas Cowboys were down by 15 points with four minutes left. And in order to get the ball back without any timeouts, any way to stop the clock or whatever, when you're running out of time, you onside kick. Well, the NFL has made it tremendously difficult for any team kicking off on the, uh, doing an onside kick to get that, recover that kick. Basically the rule is this. You kick the ball 10 yards. After 10 yards, you can recover the ball. Not until 10. If it's 9 yards, you can't. If it's 9.5 yards, you can't. If it's 5 yards, you can't. So Greg Zerline of the Dallas Cowboys, he kicks the ball. And it goes slowly, slowly, slowly towards the 10-yard mark. And what happens? Hayden Hurst, Graham, uh, uh, Zacharis and a couple of other Cowboys sat there and literally watched the ball go 10 yards. Now, the receiving team can recover it at any point. And what you saw was these guys gather around the ball and literally watch it go to 10 yards, and the Dallas Cowboys pounced on the ball, and we know the rest. It's unbelievable that your special teams coach didn't prepare you, and you don't even really need a special teams coach to tell you this. But because your team, you guys are on this team that has not been coached up or reminded of said things, you had the most ridiculous blunder in the history of onside kicks. I, I, I can't think of anything. I've been watching football for 30-plus years, 30, 40, almost 40 years, 40 years, 40-plus years I've been watching football. Never seen anything this stupid, this ridiculous, this dumb. And for that reason, Jaden Graham, Hayden Hurst, Olamide Zacharis, I want to say Russell Gage was on there, and Julio Jones was out there. For that reason, all of you guys are big dummies. You big dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe that? I mean, honestly, can you believe that this is a thing that actually happened? Unbelievable. And I know Dallas Cowboy fans, uh, they're screaming hallelujah. But, boy, that was a really ridiculous move by the Atlanta Falcons. And it probably will ultimately cost Dan Quinn his job. I can't imagine him keeping his job after this. With that, before I let go. Before I let go. 
Before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys for tuning in. Want to thank our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. Want to thank our sponsor. Want to thank Eddie Robinson. I want to thank you guys. And just a reminder, these days we're doing podcasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We have a whole new set of segments that come up on Thursday, including Why We Kneel. We'll have another guest or two. And we'll have a We The People segment. So stay interactive. 832-941-6614-832. 9416614 in addition to that you can hit me on twitter at wade's word and the sports talk with devin wade page and group on facebook and the wade's word productions.com website subscribe to the email list and as always remember these four things Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.